Our scripture reading this morning comes from Luke 6, uh, verses 20 to 31. Listen to a word from God. Then Jesus looked at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice on that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. But I say to you who are listening, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give, everyone to, give to everyone who asks of you. And if anyone takes away what is yours, do not ask for it back again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. This is the word from the Lord. Would you pray with me? Holy God, thank you for your word. I pray that you would open our ears and our eyes and our hearts and our minds to the message you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Saints, today, as you just witnessed, we remember and recognize the saints. I've discovered that using the word saint in Protestant circles can make some people a little uncomfortable. Now, Fort Street is one of those great congregations that has quite a diversity of faith backgrounds. I'd say about a third of you have some kind of Catholic background, a third of you have some kind of more evangelical background, and a third of you are Presbyterians or some other kind of mainline denomination that you grew up in. But we come together in this space and it's so interesting to learn from one another and to share our stories. So for some of you that have some kind of Roman Catholic background, the language of saints is familiar. You understand the traditions and the feast days and and the language uh, just seems at home. But for others of us, we get a little uncomfortable, we're not quite sure, we have these images of saints on pedestals glowing with halos, and we imagine these perfect lives of faith and holiness, and we don't really understand it. Several years ago, I was preparing an All Saints Sunday service like today, and like we do here at Fort Street, I'd invited people to share names with me of people that they had lost over the past year that they wanted recognized in the service. And I got a phone call from a woman, and she nervously asked, would you include my Uncle Billy in the list of names? I said, absolutely, of course. And she said, but wait, wait, wait. I have to tell you, Sarah, he was not exactly saintly. He 
didn't go to church very much. He'd had kind of a troubled past. He struggled with a lot of things. I didn't know if it would actually be appropriate to read his name during a service like that. Do you think it would be okay? What is it that we believe about saints, really? Who qualifies? The passage that Josie just read us from Luke's gospel is the beginning of what we have started to call the Jesus Sermon on the Plain. Jesus doesn't use this title, but we've gathered these teachings together, and this is the same set of teachings that in Matthew's gospel we call Sermon on the Mount. And he has just come down from a mountain, spending the night in prayer alone, and he has called the 12 disciples, named them as his disciples for the first time, and then he stands on this level ground and he begins to teach. Blessed are you who are poor, hungry, weeping, excluded. Woe to you who are rich, full, laughing, well-liked, Love your enemies. It's a pretty intense sermon. These two lists, a list of blessed and a list of woe, kind of wake many of us up. Which of the two lists do you tend to identify with more? Those who are named as blessed? Those who are poor, hungry, weeping, excluded? Or those who he says woe to? those who are rich, full, laughing, and well-liked. Our world certainly emphasizes the latter list, doesn't it? We're supposed to strive for lives that are happy and rich and full, and every single commercial you watch will tell you how their product can get you more of those things. The blessed list is the opposite of what we usually strive for, the opposite of how we usually think living happily ever after will look. To be sad, hungry, in pain. Jesus contradicts here that blessing and happiness have to do with how well we do. The words he shares at the beginning of this sermon expand our imagination a little bit about what a life of faith might look like, and perhaps even what the life of a saint might look like. So who are saints? In these Protestant circles, um, many of us only know a select handful of saints, but there, there are thousands and thousands of officially recognized, canonized saints within the Catholic Church. A few always jump to the top of my mind. Uh, one is St. Francis, who we talked about recently in our Blessing of the Animals service, and there are these amazingly fun uh, legend stories of St. Francis that he would preach to a flock of birds who would stand at attention listening to him. A story about how he tamed a wild wolf who was ravaging a village and killing the villagers. St. Francis went up and made the sign of the cross above the wolf, and then he reasoned with him, domesticated him, and it became a pet. There's the story of St. George, the dragon slayer. 
There's Saint Joan of Arc, who many of us know as a young teenager, raised up and led an army in, defen in defense of France. There are Saints Perpetua and Felicity, who were young mothers who were executed for their faith in the third century, and they were sent into an arena of wild animals and survived, but then were later killed by the sword. We know some of these little bits of stories and legends from saints, and by and large, these stories are about extraordinary holiness, awesome deeds, incredible things that most of us feel like we'll never come close to doing. In the very earliest Christian tradition, it was the martyrs who were listed as saints, those who died because they were following Christ. Their saint day would become the day that they were killed, their anniversary into sainthood, and the church would recognize and remember those people on the anniversary of their death. The Roman Catholics eventually developed a, a sort of system for how someone becomes a saint, and it's fascinating still today. There's a whole process, many years after a person has died, and you go through these different levels of recognition, and there's a group that gets together. I kind of want to be on one of these committees that has to investigate the life of the saint and dig into their story and their history and research to see if they truly lived holy lives. And this group also looks to see if there are at least two miracles that they can attribute to the intercessions of this person who might become a saint. And only after all of this are they officially canonized as a saint within the church and given a day and recognized. It's quite a process. There are a lot of incredible and inspiring saints with stories that can give us courage in our own faith in times when we are struggling. Stories that I think we have a lot to learn from. And I'd love to hear stories from you if you know of saints from your background, whether you're Catholic background or not, and you have stories of saints, I always love hearing them. Some saints lived these extraordinary lives of heroics and glory, and some lived a more ordinary kind of life. But after the Protestant Reformation, the idea of sainthood within Protestant circles shifted a little bit, and the emphasis moved from being on these stories of glory from people of the past to thinking about sainthood as a here and now experience for all of the followers. And part of the Reformed justification for this came from Paul's letters to the Corinthians. Now, Pastor Garrett spoke about the Corinthians last Sunday, and he shared that the Corinthians were sort of a troubled group. They, Paul didn't really like them. They sort of had tension between them. They had moral issues. They had spiritual issues. They had theological issues. There was some contentious relationship. And yet... In his first letter to the Corinthians, Paul calls them saints. Before they have it all figured out, before their relationship gets fixed, before all of their moral issues and theological, theological issues are solved, he calls them saints. If even they can be thought of as saints, perhaps we can be too. 
It's good to remember stories of heroic sacrifice and miracles, but it's also important to remember that even Uncle Billy can be a saint. Blessed are you who are poor, hungry, who weep, who are rejected. In this sermon that Jesus offers, he speaks words of blessing to ordinary, struggling people, those who have real needs, those who are not seen as successful by the rest of the world, those who are often left behind. It's interesting that Matthew's version of this sermon, of this teaching, is much more spiritualized. In Matthew's version, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit, not just the poor. In Matthew's version, it says, blessed are those who hunger for righteousness, not just who are hungry. In Luke's version here, Jesus speaks to the real bodily, visceral needs of the people, and he calls the most vulnerable blessed. Liberation theologian Gustavo Gutierrez says, God has a preferential love for the poor, not because they're necessarily better than others morally or religiously, but simply because they are poor and living in an inhumane situation that is contrary to God's will. Jesus isn't offering a mandate here to become poor, hungry, and grieving. He's naming that it can be difficult to reach out to God when we think we're self-sufficient and have everything we need. He's offering the hope in the midst of struggle and acknowledging how radical his idea of inclusion is, so radical that even enemies are invited into the circle. Saints, as it turns out, are not the ones who have it all together and successfully make it through all life's challenges. Saints are the ordinary people who are willing to receive God's blessings. Saints, are you and I, with our hands open, ready to be called blessed? What makes us saintly is that we belong to God not that we have achieved anything amazing. Many schools, elementary all the way through college, have some kind of recognition program for students who achieve. We've all seen these and been a part of these. There are ceremonies for perfect attendance, for straight A's, for wonderful exemplary behavior, and the kids get recognized, get certificates, get rounds of applause, and celebrated. Well, when Garrett and I were living in Montana, we um, participated quite a lot in the Kiwanis group. And one of the best activities that they did were quarterly um, times in the schools where they would offer a very different kind of award ceremony. The Kiwanis group would work with the teachers to figure out which kids had raised a grade at all. It might have been that a math score went from an F to a D, 
but a grade was raised. And we would invite those kids to a special award ceremony. We would give them certificates and a pencil and throw a pizza party for them and encourage the hard work that it took to raise a grade. And you should have seen, I, get, I have goosebumps just thinking about it. These kids were so thrilled to be recognized. Many of them had some kind of learning disability or struggles at home that made the school life really, really hard. And they knew they were never going to be up on the stage for getting all A's or being there every single day. And so the thought that somebody would notice even a little improvement meant the world to them. We'd recognize these kids, and then the next quarter we'd come back, and often the kids that we had seen that had raised one grade the first time would raise three grades the next time, and they would just keep going up and up and up. They were blessed, even though they weren't achieving by the world standards. What makes us saintly is not our achievements, but our willingness to receive blessing. Within the Reformed tradition, as Presbyterians, we recognize two sacraments, communion and baptism. And there's something mysterious and magical that we say happens in those two sacraments, but one of the things I love most about the way that our tradition talks about those is that in order for the sacraments to be holy, they also have to be ordinary. Our Constitution actually tells us that we're supposed to use local water for baptism. We're supposed to use our very own water out of the tap, whatever is true to this community, because this is who we are. This is ordinary. This is God working through very ordinary things. We don't need to ship in bottles of water from the Dead Sea in order for it to be really meaningful. We need to just use the ordinary things. The bread we use for communion is meant to be of the region and local. It's supposed to be the kind of stuff you pass by in Kroger and say, yep, that's our bread. What makes the sacraments so holy is that they're composed of ordinary elements that God does miraculous things through. And part of that miraculousness is because we participate in those sacraments together. We don't encourage people doing private baptism ceremonies or solo communion off in a corner somewhere. We do it together. And even when we serve folks who are homebound, we do it in connection with the larger congregation because we say the mystery, the magic of these sacraments is that they're ordinary, that we do them together, and that somehow God meets us there. Saints are the ones willing to receive God's blessing. What makes us saintly, what made Uncle Billy saintly, is that we all belong to God. We're ordinary, we're together, and we are part of a communion of saints resting in God's glory. Would you pray with me? Holy God, thank you for the saints gathered here today the saints represented by the candles that are lit before us, all of those who have gone before us, those with miraculously heroic stories that we can be inspired by, and also the ordinary stories that we don't even know. 
God, somehow when we're together in our ordinariness, you meet us and make us whole. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen.